Hi, I'm Emily Hobner with WCD Agricultural Management in Lampasas, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. It is once again great to have you along for another edition of Texas Ag Today. All you got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, the 2023 Census of Agriculture is underway, and there's still time to get your forms in. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. In the Texas Legislature, the House of Representatives passed Right to Farm legislation on April 10th. What does this all mean as the measures head to the state Senate? I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have more from Austin on Texas Ag Today. In the Texas High Plains, our farmers continue to wait for rain, but those who are inclined to plant sorghum have the opportunity to be patient. I'm James Hunt, and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today. We've been watching a pretty good wheat crop grow the last few months, but can we get it across the goal line? Hello, I'm Barry Mahler, and I'll have an update at today's report from the Rolling Plains. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The Census of Agriculture is done every five years and lays the foundation for agricultural policy across the nation. The deadline for turning in the 2022 census has passed, but there is still time to get it done, according to Wilbert Hundle, regional director for the National Ag Statistics Service based in Austin. The due date to submit forms was February 6th, but we know that there's a lot of folks still trying to gather the records for the tax season and what have you. So we are continuing to receive forms. We did send out a second mailing here a few weeks ago, so individuals may have gotten two forms in the mail. We're only asking that you complete one and send that in, or more efficiently, do it online. It's a secure website. It'll help navigate you through the questionnaire that's pertinent just to your operation. So it makes it a little easier going through that detailed form. And while it will take some time to fill out, Hundle says you'll be helping your community be well represented when it comes to agricultural policy and government programs. Well, the Census of Agriculture is the most comprehensive data set there is on U.S. agriculture. It accounts for agriculture across every county in the state and across the nation. This is the library of statistics that agriculture industry uses to help bring them to the table when negotiating policy or disaster programs or other programs related to community services. Hundle says they will continue to take census forms until the end of this month. If you have questions, there is a phone number and a website address on the form. The Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service is offering an online drought course called Drought Proofing the Ranch. 
The course provides advice and guidance for those affected and for those preparing for future droughts. Topics the course will cover include creating a plan to address livestock management, risk management products for drought mitigation, nutritional and other management strategies, tax implications for the sale of a large number of livestock, stocking rate adjustments, and more. The course costs $100 and will take about two hours to complete. You can find more information at tx.ag slash droughtproofingranch. China is now the world's largest wheat importer. USDA's Foreign Agricultural Service says China is now the biggest wheat importer in the world, with a forecast of up to 12 million tons imported this year. That's the country's highest level of imports since 1995 and 96. The FAS says competitive pricing has prompted China to import large volumes of both milling and feed quality wheat. Right-to-farm legislation is halfway through the legislative process. Tom Nicoletti tells us it has passed the Texas House and is now on to the Senate. On April 10th, State House of Representatives approved a proposed right-to-farm constitutional amendment and passed two right-to-farm bills supporting Texas farmers and ranchers. In Austin today is Charlie Leal, Texas Farm Bureau State Legislative Director, who recaps the vote and what this legislation means for agricultural producers who are farming and ranching within the city limits of the many metropolitan areas of Texas. HB 1750 will prohibit cities from imposing governmental requirements on all ag operations within city limits. It will allow that cities can impose restrictions on ag operations if the cities can prove it is necessary to protect the public health and safety of the population. That bill passed out 143-3. HB 2308 amends the Texas Agriculture Code to protect ag operations from nuisance and other legal actions during and after expansion. Under that bill, after a year has passed, nuisance suits may be brought only if a clear and convincing evidence of a substantial change that resulted in the nuisance can be proved in court. That bill passed at 142 to 1. So again, overwhelming support on the Texas House side. Those previous bills complement the House Joint Resolution 126. This bill would strengthen the protection for ag operations in the Texas Constitution. It protects the day-to-day practices used by farmers and ranchers. It will also protect them from regulatory overreach of state agencies or local governments. This is an elevated level of protection, and if it does pass the Senate, it will go on to a ballot initiative in November. That is Charlie Leal. He is Texas Farm Bureau's state legislative director. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Farmers on the Texas High Plains continue to wait for rain, but James Hunt tells us those who are inclined to plant sorghum have the opportunity to be patient. The longer we go without getting some significant rains in the Texas High Plains, the more we hear farmers say they're leaning toward planting sorghum this season. It is one of the less water-thirsty crops to choose from. And Dr. Brent Bean of the Sorghum Checkoff says sorghum also gives farmers a lot of flexibility on when to plant. You have a pretty big window there on sorghum, so really anywhere from probably about May 1st to probably July 5th at the latest is when we can plant sorghum. So a pretty good window to kind of wait on those rains. 
And that's probably what I would encourage people to do is just kind of wait and, and see what happens and just keep your weeds controlled in the meantime and hopefully get some decent rains, uh, at least get that six inches of soil wet on top and preferably, you know, down to at least a foot. Dr. Bean says once farmers get their crops going, hopefully we get the good rains that various forecasts have indicated could be coming our way this summer to carry those crops through the rest of the season. Also related to our continued wait for rain is our wildfire threat. Our area will likely remain highly vulnerable to wildfire outbreaks at least until vegetation begins to green up. And here's a sobering bit of information about how wildfires begin. Nine out of ten wildfires in Texas are human-caused. That's Juan Rodriguez with the Texas A&M Forest Service, who says activity like welding or grinding can trigger a wildfire, but many fires result from roadside starts involving vehicles. We'll see a lot of chains dragging, a lot of tire blowouts on the highways. Those are common factors that we see for wildfire ignitions. Contact the Texas A&M Forest Service for more information about protecting against wildfires. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Texas Rolling Plains has a pretty good wheat crop right now, but Barry Mahler says the challenge will be finishing it out. Over the last couple of weeks, we watched a pretty good-looking wheat crop in a fast-paced decline. You know, when the majority of agriculture production in your area is dry land, When crops don't do well, the first place you look is the rainfall. Now, there have been some other challenges with this crop, including aphids and cutworms and a couple of hard freezes, but the decline right now is dry weather. As we watch this happen, it tends to send me to the U.S. Drought Monitor to see what's really going on and how widespread the problem is. And what I found was somewhat of a surprise to me is we seem to be in a kind of a normal rainfall pattern over the last several months. But then I remember a long-time farmer telling me one time that the whole world does not resemble the view from your window. Yes, it's dry, and the map seems to show the area is increasing in size. When I look at the map in Texas released in early April, I find the extreme dry line just west of us here in the Wichita Falls area, and including a lot of the rolling plains west of me, the South Plains and Texas Panhandle, It also stretches down through central Texas along the I-35 corridor, kind of south of the Metroplex, all the way to the Gulf of Mexico and trending west as it goes. When I look at the Oklahoma map, it's most of the western part of the state and cuts through a large portion of Kansas. So we are looking at a major portion of the hard red winter wheat production area of the U.S. being very dry right now. Now, that probably explains why the wheat market has been moving higher, which if conditions don't improve, could accelerate over the next few weeks even more as the crop begins to mature. Just a few weeks ago, the market began to slide lower after peaking last May at over $11 a bushel. That's on the board. Uh, It had dropped to the mid-$7 range a few weeks ago, and with basis subtracted, had producers wondering if $5 or $6 a bushel cash wheat was in our future. And just how would that work with our high input costs? Well, even though a lot of damage is already done on the current crop, we still have a couple of months of good rain potential to get caught up for, say, some summer crops or native grass or putting some stock water away. There's been talk of a change in pattern to a more rain-friendly El Nino, and we need one desperately. I had a farmer tell me last year that 2022 was the first time in his farming career that he had missed a wheat crop and a cotton crop in the same year. We don't want to repeat that, and we really don't need a total loss on this 23 crop. 
Dry weather just seems to add stress for farmers who are already facing the highest inflation in their careers, major labor shortages. I think everybody I know is looking for help and just some pretty unsettling times around the world. I realize there's not much we can do for a lot of that, but a change in the weather pattern would sure be a step in the right direction and really help us get back on the right track. And even though the higher trending price is good to see, it doesn't do much for you if you don't have anything to sell. Reporting from the Rolling Plains of Texas, I'm Barry Muller for Texas Ag Today. A new land trend survey reveals Texans' thoughts on wildlife. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. And parasites in beef cattle cost the industry more than $3 billion a year. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. After my first car accident, I feared the biggest damage would be to my wallet. I expected a mountain of bills and a long, drawn-out process. But my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent was there when I needed her and helped me get back on my feet and in my car in no time. Instead of a hassle, I got reassurance and a quick recovery. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an agent who's there when you need them most. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Parasites in beef cattle cost the industry more than $3 billion annually. Dr. Bob Judd says that statistic comes from Jason Edmondson. Jason is a beef technical specialist with Archer Daniels Midland Company, and he indicates the losses are due to decreased milk production and decreased calf weight at weaning. And parasitism affects all areas of the industry, from cow-calf operations to the feedlot. There are many different types of medications for parasite control that all have advantages and disadvantages, including injectable, pour-ons, rubs, traps, and feed-through operations. Treating cattle for parasites through feed and mineral supplements has been increasing, especially with producers that have a lack of labor and working facilities. The feed-through products allow the producer to control parasites in their cattle that for one reason or another may be difficult to treat. One example is feeding an insect growth regulator, or IGR. Feeding an IGR product after flies are already present in significant numbers may not appear to be effective. These products pass into the manure of the cattle and prevent larval growth of the horn fly, which stops the reproductive cycle. Although this is very effective, it requires time to be effective, and this does not kill flies presently on the animals. So if you have a significant problem, another method may need to be used initially. Another class of parasite control alters the feeding behavior of the parasite, and these are repellents, such as topical DEET, permethrins, or picardin, as well as essential oils and botanical extracts. Some of these are citronella oil, garlic oil, eucalyptus, cinnamon mint, and clove oil. Garlic oil has been shown to reduce fly and tick populations on livestock by adding it to the diet of your cattle. Now is the time to start working on fly control in your cattle herd. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. A new land trends survey reveals Texans' thoughts on wildlife. Jessica Domel takes a closer look at the survey in today's Wildlife Report. Hunting and enjoying the great outdoors continue to drive land ownership in Texas. 
A new landowner survey released by Texas A&M's Natural Resources Institute reveals that wildlife and recreational uses are important influences for owning land. According to the Texas Land Trends Survey, owners of private working lands in Texas are among the most productive stewards of farms, ranches, and forests in the country, and the land management decisions made by those landowners influence wildlife and wildlife habitat. When asked why they own land, wildlife, family, and hunting were the top three reasons listed followed by ranching and recreation. The most common recreational activities landowners enjoy, according to the survey, are hunting, wildlife watching, and enjoying nature. The landowners said they manage their lands for a variety of game species, ranging from big game, upland game birds, and migratory game birds. Those that hunted said their preferred target is white-tailed deer. Feral hogs, coyotes, dove, and turkey were also listed, but white-tailed deer was the overwhelming favorite. When asked about their concerns and challenges, the landowners told surveyors they are concerned about water ownership, the increasing human population, water conservation, and habitat loss or land fragmentation. Wildlife and livestock diseases were also listed, although the number of people who shared that concern declined from the last survey in 2017 to the survey conducted in 2022 that was released this year. The survey is a collaborative effort by NRI, the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, and agriculture and natural resource professionals. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dolmel. It's time to check the markets. Jessica will be back with a complete look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, call 833-TX-HEALTH or visit 833-TXHEALTH.com. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The cattle markets traded mixed on Friday due to technical pressures and corn trading higher. April live cattle down 75 cents to 174.75. June live cattle down 77 cents to 163.72. April feeder cattle up 72 cents to 203.40. May feeder cattle up a dime to 207.90. Box beef was higher. Choice rose $1.51 on Friday to $301.93. Select rose $1.03 to $284.41. Now let's check those livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Doug Bass sold cattle in Columbus this week. Doug, how'd it go Wednesday? Had a good sale, Mr. Larry. Uh, we ended up with 613 head of cattle. Walk the pens with me. You're on your way in cows, thinner, lower yielding cows, 58 to 71. Medium flesh cows, 73 to 88. And better high yielding cows, 90 to $1.09 and a half. Your bulls, uh, lower yielding bulls, 89 to $1.01. Better higher yielding bulls, $1.05 to $1.25. Few pairs, pairs bring from 14 to 16.50. Red cows bring from 1,000 to 14.50. Two to three white steers, one 
190 to 280, heifers 180 to 277, three to four weight steers 185 to 272, heifers 175 to 245, four to five weight steers 170 to 252, heifers 165 to 234, five to six weight steers 165 to 260, heifers 150 to 232, six to seven weight steers 168 to 210, heifers 145 to 202, seven to eight weight steers 150 to 188, heifers 125 to 177, and the 800 to 1,000 pound steers and bull yellers 145 to 171, heiferettes to dollar fifteen to one forty eight. Good. Now, do you know of anything for next week? We got a sellout coming next week. Corinti cattle. Uh, man's got, and, and they're pretty good cows. If you look on Facebook, or you know, we'll have some videos of them. All pretty well solid colored cows with been had Brangus and Charlotte kids on their sides. So that'd be a little over a hundred of them. Somebody needs some cows to go on some rough country or something. They'll dang sure work for you. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you. Yes, sir. You can call me on my cell nine seven nine eight seven seven four four five four, or call us there at the office in Columbus nine seven nine seven three two two. Maybe that's all the time we have for Walking the Pens here on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Larry Marble. You're listening to us on Texas Ag Today. After closing sharply lower on Thursday, the lean hog markets recovered on Friday thanks to higher pork cutout values. April lean hogs up 15 cents to $71.75. May lean hogs up 50 cents to 80.45. April class 3 milk fell 6 cents to 18.62 a hundredweight. May class 3 milk down 26 cents to 17.69. We saw losses in the cotton market on Friday due to several outside influences, including a higher U.S. dollar, and losses in the financial markets due to concerns with rate hikes from the Federal Reserve. May cotton down 49 points to 82.86. July cotton down 26 points to 82.93. May corn up 14 to 6.66 and a quarter. July corn up 10 and a quarter to 6.35 and three quarters. May hard red wheat up 33 and a half to 8.78 and three quarters. July hard red wheat up 32 to 8.63 and a quarter. May natural gas rose 12 cents Friday to 2.12. June natural gas up 11 cents to $2.31. May crude oil up 42 cents to 82.58. June crude oil up 44 cents to 82.48. The Dow fell 205 points Friday to 33,824. The S&P 500 down 16 points to 4,130. And the NASDAQ down 64 points to 12,101. I'm Jessica Dolmel. Y'all have a good day. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.